We are sponsored by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Get it for free in the App Store. Welcome to Muffed Movies, where we act out your favorite films using only our memories, our voices, and some tiny notes. I'm your host, Mark Soloff, and this episode was recorded on February 20th, 2022, with special guest and editor of today's episode, Dave Stecco. Welcome to Muffed Movies. I'm your host, Mark Soloff, and today we have a very, very special co-host drug out of the depths of <laughs> Dread Cthulhu's ancient submerged tomb. It's none other than Dave Stecco! <laughs> yeah, only the power of a Soloff could defeat Narlothotep. <laughs> it was easy. <laughs> I just answered his riddles three. Yeah. <clears throat> it's so good. We're, we're, we're doing a video call right now uh, mm -hmm. as we are recording. It's so good to see you. Ah, to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> to hear your mellifluous voice. Oh, good adjective. I am just delighted. I, I have missed you, Mark. I have missed this. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, just being a loud jackass on your show. Yeah, for once. Yeah. Instead of vice versa. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to Muff Movies. It is a comedy podcast where we parody uh, films using only our memories, our voices, and some tiny notes. Um, today, Dave, what movie are we muffing? We are muffing Mad Max, the movie that's star <laughs> that started it all. The solid, well-built launch pad for a movie juggernaut that spanned decades. I am really excited that this movie is an Australian-made movie from, like, the 80s. And so there's just all sorts of interesting things to pick apart for my modern American brain. Yeah, I, I'm a Thunderdome man. I like my Mad Max with a portion of Tina Turner. Mm-hmm. And you see the elements, but, you know, Mad Max, I had not seen in such a long time that I might as well have never seen it and a, a different movie than I had expected. Yes, absolutely a different movie. It's almost like a preamble to what Mad Max really is. Yeah, I, I was telling you before we recorded, I feel like this is a movie that they made it and then they were like, ooh, there were so many great ideas we had that we couldn't afford to do, so we're going to keep making these movies until we get the idea that I wanted to make. It just, it, it felt like they had they had this kernel that they couldn't afford mm -hmm. and so they just made what they, what they could with what they had. Yeah, and you know, I mean, kudos to them because people know what Mad Max is. Right? Despite their best efforts. <laughs> um, well, we are going to break it down. <laughs> Sexual style. <laughs> we are recording this on February 29th, 2022. Who knows when this will come out? It's also February 24th. Hey, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're on I, my show. <laughs> I just sent you back in time five days. <laughs> Let us begin. All right. 
Mad Max. It is, quote, a few years from now, unquote, in Australia. It's a dystopian Australia, though, but it's still kind of 1980s y. Fuel is scarce, and law and order has begun to break down, but there's still a police force known as the Main Force Patrol, who patrols the Australian roadways and highways, hunting for criminals and scooter jockeys who flout the law like a bunch of mofos. Let's find out how it goes from here. Smash wipe! Anarchy Road. Anarchy Road. <laughs> but they spell anarchy wrong, so it's okay. Um, it's a, Well, it's Australia. It's an Archie Road. <laughs> an Archie Road. <laughs> to your right. Uh, yes, in, 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 in an Archie Road, um, we see a bizarre, like, bright yellow banana-colored uh, police vehicle, which is, I guess, a hybrid of, like, a souped-up cool 1980s car. And a cop car. It's no Robocop yeah. Turbo Cruiser, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's it's like an off off brand Mustang from like nineteen eighty. Off brand Saller. <laughs> <laughs> um uh sitting atop the hood of this uh strange ornate sci-fi vehicle is Roop, a member of the main force patrol. And this police officer instead of normal cop uniform is wearing like biker road leathers because <laughs> apparently With the shoulder cops... pads yeah the the cops drive in cars but wear like leather <laughs> leather man suits <laughs> just in case they fall out of their car and like <laughs> want to prevent road rash <clears throat> although in this movie honestly that's not too far-fetched yeah that's um, it is a reasonable precaution what is this that officer roop doth behold uh, through the sniper rifle eyepiece of his very deadly weapon that he's pointing towards the brush, the bush of Australia. Oh, it's two people fucking. <laughs> uh, he was pointing it at the, the bush of Australia, you know what I mean? Wink, wink. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I guess these youths didn't get the message that the summer of love... Uh, has been over for a long time and the apocalypse is nigh because there's just two naked Aussies banging away in some grass. <laughs> but in, and in what is what the, the, the camera reveals to be like the forbidden zone, it is a, yeah, you're, you're not, a, it's a no fucking zone. Mm -hmm. And these cops, that is part of their patrol. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they ain't handing out no tickets. I think it's it's bizarrely menacing how he's like he's peeping on them, but through the scope of a rifle. Yeah, and he's like he's like chuckling to himself. Oh, he's delighted. <laughs> this is a rare treat for the main force patrol. <laughs> um, Roop's partner Charlie, the pious and <laughs> and cowardly <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> is sitting um, inside the, the assigned car. driver. Charlie. <laughs> That's right. He's supposed to drive the car. Um, 
Uh, yeah, this is, uh, Dispatch. Um, we got, uh, some sort of a gang member called the Night Rider who killed a police officer in Sun City. Um, he also happened to steal that cop's car, which was a beautiful, glorious V8 Pursuit Special. Which Crikey! Is a it's a fast cop car. Um, pretty good car, pretty bad man. Any available units, uh, I guess, find them over. Uh, this is Officer Exposition. I uh, I received that call. And, uh, yeah, this guy is one of those terminal psychopaths. He is going to drive until he is dead. So uh, we're we're on this if anybody else is around. Roop? Roop, are you in your car right now? Uh, Ruth isn't in the car right now. Uh, hold on. Let me just roll down the window and, and, and holler for him. This is Officer Charlie. Uh, Ruth, if it's not too much trouble, could you maybe get in the car? What? Don't you go interloping on my good time. I'm just looking at some uh, sweet cheeky pikers through this uh, rifle scope. Also, oh, on, everyone in Australia is from England now. So. <laughs> I mean, they once were. Yeah, that's Except true. For the native people. Sorry, native people. <coughs> Sorry about all that genocide. Outside the scope of this movie. But what's inside the scope is two <laughs> nudists fleeing from the cop. Uh-oh. Jerk session over. Root zips it up and hops on into that uh, main force patrol. All right, vehicle. Charlie, shove over. You know, if there's, if there's something going on with a night Rider, oh, Roop's behind a wheel. But Roop, I'm the only one with a driver's license. Ah, <laughs> oh, you got me again. I'll get you yet, Charlie. Hold on <laughs> while I go over to the American driver's side of the car. <laughs> As Roop pulls his feint to go over to the American driver's side of the car, he smacks Charlie upside the head and pulls the driver's license lanyard from Charlie's neck. <laughs> now who's the driver, eh? <laughs> Charlie turns into a fine mist and get, gets into the back seat of the car while Roop completely alphas him and, and starts that puppy up. Uh, a second uh, squad car of NPCs also gets this <laughs> dispatch. No one cares, even though the, the actors who play these guys look much more like authoritative actual cops. I don't know why we stay with Rupert Charlie, but... Yeah, uh, the, the, these guys lost the coin toss, but they should have been... It doesn't doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, so like, we're stuck with the R2-D2 and C-3P of this piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see what this hog can do. Uh, car cut to the interior of the newly stolen... V8 Pursuit Special, a fast cop car. We see the greasy and disgusting wild man, Knight Rider, as he calls himself, with his crazy, probably hopped up on stimulants girlfriend, just cackling and carrying oh. on and talking into the police radio with careless abandon for his illegality. <laughs> I'm a bloody ripper legend. I'm the night rider. And I can never die. All I'm gonna do is say things that scare grandparents in the early eighties. Oh, loud rock and roll music. Yeah, you're a total psychopath, eh? 
<laughs> says his girlfriend. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you're right about that. Just as when we did the Highlander Muff movies, once again, we see a 1980s psychopath which is just someone scream laughing, saying weird cryptic like end of the world shit. And that's like the greatest fear of any parent or uh, property owner from the 80s. Oh, I the love death time. metal, ACDC, Kiss, Night and Satan service. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, sweetheart, look out, here comes the fuzz. Oh no, while Knight Rider was uh, huffing his own gloriousness, um, Roop and the other cops try to perform a pincer maneuver where one of the cops takes the Knight Rider from behind while Roop and Charlie sideswipe the vehicle and shoot it. But you gotta get up early in the morning if you want to fool old Knight Rider. He slams on the brakes and both cop cars skid out of control in an attempt not to get into a collision. As Roop and Charlie's vehicle spins out from the fins out, it begins to just slough off (laughs) mechanical parts. (laughs) The hood, like the hubcaps, just like spark and shoot and pop off. It's like a lizard defending itself. Just tails and scales flying off. It's shooting blood out of its eyes. Yeah, they make a big deal. Um, Like, if you pay real close attention to this movie, which you have to if you want to know what the fuck is actually going on (laughs) and read the closed captioning, they have a real hard-on for the V8 cop cars, the V8 engines. Um, So these these pursuit vehicles are not V8s, and (laughs) I guess they're held together with glue and prayer because... (laughs) Immediately, Rube and Charlie's car begins to disintegrate. But you know what? Lord love them. They uh, they are dogging. Keep on trying. Yeah, they're dogging each other, British style, on the side of the road. <laughs> they are. They they refuse to give up, and the the car is falling apart to such a degree that that you honestly wonder how they're still going forward. Like it, that, that, that did briefly bring me out of the movie. I was like, well, this is a new car now because that other car was going to do this. <laughs> Maybe in the um, near apocalypse slash post apocalypse. If, uh, by the way, if this Mad Max movie is set in the apocalypse, like pretty nice apocalypse. Yeah. Functioning diners and gas stations and coffee shops and like airbnbs and shit (laughs) right yeah as apocalypses go like uh, pretty passable maybe okay so maybe in the when when the inevitable apocalypse happens if it doesn't happen like immediately in the pacific like maybe australia will be late to the party for the apocalypse because pretty isolated so like you know maybe they're just like ah we're not getting internet anymore but you know, we still got some good stuff. Let's yeah, like a baby. A, a country is going to be fine if the cargo ships stop showing up for a while. Just maybe not as fine as it otherwise would have been. And I yeah. think that's what you're seeing here. Everything seems to be, as far as infrastructure, intact. There are trucks. It is established many times in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And they're not like... Made out of bones with, like, (laughs) metal skeleton fire breathers dangling from the edges. That's a a real apocalypse. Anyway. (laughs) Smash cut to Fat Nancy's Cafe. 
How do you know it's called Fat Nancy's? Because I watched this movie two times and I paid attention the second time. Interior. We see Officer Goose uh, regaling his friend who has no name and is just a local Australian yokel with tales of horrific cop life. Uh, so I told him, this guy, hey, his, his, it, you can't go that fast. And his face went through the windshield, and he, he hit a tree, and he bounced right back, and he, he was trying to, try to talk without a face. <laughs> I'm Goose. <laughs> yeah, I'm Arnold. Um, <laughs> look, just because you're a cop doesn't mean you can sit down and start eating my breakfast and telling me these horrible things. And that was where you'd be wrong. Old rules? Maybe, but uh, I'm Main Force Patrol, which I always said Main Food Patrol more like. Yeah, Main Food Patrol, says the, <laughs> the only fat guy left in Australia. <laughs> the actual fat Nancy. <laughs> and her face looks just like this. Ah, <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Large Marge. Suddenly, the Night Rider's stolen vehicle uh, totally buzzes the tower, rumbling the windows of Nancy's fat cafe. Goose's spider sense starts going off like crazy, and he can smell the pheromones of a criminal screaming down the road. Oh, holy shit, Goose says, grabbing an entire carafe of coffee. He jets out of the cafe. He does a Dukes of Hazard slide for no reason across the hood of his car. It was he a very in. rumbly tuck and roll. <laughs> Inexpertly entering his vehicle, uh, he downs the whole carafe of coffee in one and crushes it like a tin can in his hand. Oh, that burns, but not as much as my burning heart for justice. Hmm? He says to the cameraman inside the car who's filming a reality show. It's pretty good. <laughs> We're going to use that. That's good. <laughs> The yeah. engine jumps to life, and Goose tears ass up the road. Oh, and you, and Goose is like the unique in the uh, the main force patrol in that he is a he is a two wheeled warrior. Oh, he is yeah, a yeah. he is a speed pursuit expert. Uh, just just ripping his super turboed out, and it's even got like World War II nose art on the gas tank. Yeah, of, that, of I... Goose. I completely forgot going to retcon what I just said. Um, Goose does, he does do a, a slide over someone's hood. It's not he, even his own car. His and car. that car, that car was not even in his way. <laughs> um, yeah, the camera crew filming um, the Chronicles of Goose is actually in a little like U-Haul hitch wagon attached to the back of the motorcycle. <laughs> It's neither good for speed nor fuel economy. <laughs> but this is Goose's big chance. Oh, and and Goose going to get his. He's hopped up on stolen food and stolen coffee, and he's going to get those people who break the law. Mm-hmm. Smash cut to a residential road. Now, look, listener, I'm going to level with you. A lot of this movie takes place on 
The road? <laughs> the road. <laughs> Let me paint the picture for you of every road in this movie, because I suspect they only had like a one-mile stretch of highway that they used. <laughs> it's, it's a two-lane highway surrounded on both sides by a grassland, just grassy plains as far as the eye can see. I don't know if that counts as the bush in Australia, um, but honestly, there's not much on that road. No. If you're going to get into car combat, it's a pretty safe place to do it. Now, one thing I do also want to point out is that as as Goose was tuck and rolling across the car, mm -hmm. the most Australian moment of the entire movie is some guy in the cafe, and I wouldn't even have heard it if I didn't see it on the, the subtitles. Struth! He's going to get him! <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think that was... For the 80s, like uh, Australian bogan uh, like slang? Or do you think that they were trying to clockwork orange it as they do with some words in this movie and be like, yo, this is apocalyptic future. So we say oh. struth and swoons and <laughs> yeah, gads. <laughs> gads. Just like post-apocalypse Shakespeare. No, I, I think, you know what? I think that it was genuine... Australian vernacular because the guy who said it wasn't wearing a mesh shirt and screaming it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> In this movie, there are actors who are trying to play characters from the post-apocalyptic future, and then there's just regular Australian townsfolk that they got. Yeah. You can really tell. Uh, I'll point those out as we go through. <laughs> yeah, and everyone everyone who isn't instantly categorized into A or B, there is a third category, and that is victim. Mm, that's Because <laughs> there, there is a category of people that are, are neither shrieking steel and leather-covered lunatics mm -hmm. and are not just like the postman. <laughs> and that middle ground, just it's a smaller slice, but... That's where you got your victims. <laughs> yeah, people are getting ice creams in the face. <laughs> all, sorts of, all sorts of puckish intimidation tactics that the gang members do. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yep. Smash card residents. <clears throat> um, yes. So, uh, RNC. Oh, yes, of course. Rook and Charlie, that inseparable duo, uh, are, are having a couple's tiff about how Charlie should be driving. <laughs> Um, when suddenly a civilian minivan seems to appear out of nowhere and they just slash straight through it like a knife through a, 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 a very slutty piece of butter. <laughs> yeah, sorry, the, sorry, butter fans. The, uh, the Australian fiberglass car industry took a <laughs> real hard turn in this movie. It exposed a lot of production errors. And this particular minivan, it, just, it, it, it was like the cardboard boxes that get held in any 70s car chase. Like it just, just evaporated when they went through it. So this minivan is busted up. It flips over. It rolls. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Rook and Charlie are like talking to each other about it. And they're like, ah, he's gone. He's finished. Like, let's just keep going. Yeah, that's there's nothing we can do for that guy. We got to we got to get back in pursuit cuz that's yeah, what we're here for. Didn't I mean I I might be misinterpreting but I'm pretty sure they indiscriminately kill a civilian and are just like ah collateral damage. Yep. Price of doing business. But I'll tell you what, that's really taken a toll on Rook Stiffy. And <laughs> now 
now he can only think about uh, his grave arch enemy, the Knight Rider. Um, while Rook is fantasizing about pouring molten gold over Knight Rider's head, <laughs> Game of Thrones style spoilers, uh, a wee little toddler runs into the ride. Oh no. <laughs> I just wanted to bring my child next to this open road, and uh, he's. Don't worry, I left him. I left him in the, the pram. He's fine. There's no buckles. It's 1980. He'll stay right there next to this, the road. This this immaculately dressed post-apocalyptic child just comes out in his little sailor suit, looking totally clean <laughs> and fine, and he's just like making snow angels on the center line of the road. <laughs> 10-inch lollipop in diameter, just <laughs> skipping back and forth. I'm just a girl who can't say no. <laughs> For some reason, singing a song <laughs> much more adult than he realizes. There's uh, no car that can hit me. I can't be hit by cars. <laughs> Um, several police vehicles swerve and swabble to avoid the child. Uh, thankfully, they do. But in the process, they flip their vehicles like some hot yellow flapjacks. In Knight Rider's defense, he also moves to avoid the child. That's right. I mean, you know, he's a legendary uh, homunculus or whatever the <laughs> hell he's screaming. And he knows... <laughs> That if if he starts mowing down kids, nobody's gonna grow up to tell his tale. So he's got a self-preservation of the of the uh, the epic, the the warrior's epic of the Night Rider. Yeah, he cares about the narrative. That's why he's been screaming this whole time, hoping someone's taking notes. He's really hoping he can get on Goose's uh, reality TV show, so finally he'll get some exposure and not keep on doing this performance art for free. Oh, so, thank goodness. The children, the child survives, but a camper van sure doesn't. One of the cop cars just arrows through it like a the, the armor-piercing bullet made of car. <laughs> totally ruining the camper van and the car. Uh, Goose, what does he do? He slides his motorcycle. Oh, yeah, he goes into a power slide to save his own life. Akira, 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 Akira. He can't <laughs> save himself. Fortunately, only his camera crew uh, is turned into human sausage as they grind against the hot asphalt. Yeah, he fumbles for the radio on his motorcycle. Oh, this is the goose. Oh, oh me legs bugged. Oh, oh man, damn it. Uh, uh, call my Sheila till it canceled the tickets for the opera. Ah, shit. You'll have to. You'll, Mad Maxi. Me, me, old, me old mate, Maxi. It's on you now, mate. I need you to put on your driving gloves and just very casually just get ready because it's coming. Intimidation cut. We we see a svelte 18-year-old male Galbson uh, putting on his fingerless pursuit gloves. We Moving see... his copy of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion down into the glove box. <laughs> Gonna finish you later. Uh, we see his tight, be-muscled boy's ass totally clad in his cop leathers, which I'm convinced... It's probably the reason that they dressed up all the cops in biker leather. It's probably because they're like, oh, we can show off some some uh, hot little otter actor if we do this. 
It's it's called a bit of Brumby, mate. Just a Brumby. little bit of a bit of Brumby. <laughs> yeah. So um, <coughs> Mel Gibson, totally silent, because um, he is a silent guardian, uh, the Batman of this film, if you will. Uh, he just. Uh, puts on a steely gaze. He squishes his Christian soul down into the pit of his belly because he knows he will have to orchestrate fell deeds. <laughs> Not now, sax man, he says. Oh, I said not now. He pushes his atmospheric friend, Saxman, uh, out of the vehicle. <laughs> You'll be safe here. <laughs> Saxman is instantly stricken by heat stroke. <laughs> it's Australia, right? Um, <laughs> stricken by da-da. any number of things. It's Australia. There was 12 things waiting outside the car door. It was a horse race. Max Rokitinsky? Rokitansky? Rokitansky. Max Rogatansky, our hero, <clears throat> uh, takes to the road like a fish to an oily water. Because it's even smoother than regular water. Like, like, a, like a road fish to an asphalt river. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and he is gaining quickly on the Night Rider. Night Rider doesn't see him at first uh, because he's so caught up in his slam poetry session that he's delivering over the cop's radio. I'm a fuel-injected suicide machine, I am. I'm the chosen one, and you'll feel my mighty ham. <laughs> All right, I've done better, better in the past, but you get the idea. I'm set to strike down the unroadworthy because I, I care about fuel, I care about the road... You know, I'm like a, co- a conservationist, but about Here driving. endeth the list of that which I care. Yeah. <laughs> Fuel and the road. And Mad Max, wait, wait no, just Max. He's, he's regular Max. Yeah, he's, he's not. not bad yet. Yeah, he's not even perturbed. Just uses all eight Vs and screams by him. <laughs> and... and Gets ready to set up a classic game of Australian wallaby tag, which is what Americans call chicken. Yeah. They don't have chickens there. Well, don't they exist. Have, they've got... Um, Emus? Just, thank you. I was just going to say they've got dodos, but that's an extinct animal. <laughs> they got emus. Yeah, they, a more dangerous chicken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which makes sense. Max Rakatunsky, um, just like a real responsible law enforcer, <laughs> plays chicken with a criminal who's obviously like high out of his mind. And it's important to point out that these these tirades are not just for his his uh, mathed out girlfriend in the car. He's on the police band radio the whole time. Everyone is hearing the night rider deliver his gospel according to speed, and so. <laughs> If there's one thing that Max Rickatang-Tang knows is this guy has already made it clear he plans on driving fast and dying that at that same speed. No faster, no slower. If you're going to play chicken with somebody, Knight Rider, not a great candidate. He can win. And yet. And And yet. yet. 
the camera cuts back and forth between the steely gaze of the two adversaries. The bloodshot, sweaty eyes of, of the Knight Rider versus the cool blue river of Max. <laughs> he's, Damn it, cling- he's clinging to the roof of the car. <laughs> Get in the boot, you idiot. (laughs) (coughs) Suddenly, Max strikes his anime pose. Piercing car, fourth form, he says, and his car is surrounded by dragon energy. Ah! The Knight Rider is subsumed with fear, and he swerves first like a real cock. (laughs) My my alt-right listeners will know what I'm talking about. Y'all get me? Y'all get me? The cuck spell has shattered what was once an inde- indefeatable Knight Rider, where there was once a man screaming about rock and roll, leather, and handcuffs is now just a guy quietly weeping, broken from within by the warrior's energy of Max. His chi overwhelming this other guy's monster energy drink and four loco bus. <laughs> uh, yeah, this so that's something that I really appreciate. Like, out of all the bad choices in this film, um, the guy goes from... I don't care if I live or die. I'm an insane murder machine. I'm a suicide machine, he says. Yes. To like having a near-death experience and becoming a broken, blubbering squonk of a man. (laughs) Just like crying, wringing his hands. And like it it is such like on on a razor's edge, his character turns. They didn't have to do that, but they did it. Yeah. They decided they were going to give the Knight Rider an arc. They really did. Oh, bloody hell. I should have stayed in law school. What am I doing with my life? (laughs) I have HPV. I'm the first case because it's 1980s. Oh, my God. I wonder if my parents will let me stay in the basement. I got nowhere to go. I miss me, Mum. She's all right. While he was thinking about his mum, a car is drinking out of his bum. Drinking exhaust, that is, because Max Rakatunsky is totally just tailgating Knight Rider in a in a sodomite's dream. He's he's basically shoving the car forward like a snowplow. Oh, fuck! We're done for! Says the punk-ass <laughs> gun mall. <coughs> Quiet, you! I gotta take me eyes off the road for a minute to look at my uh, adversary. Oh, no! Suddenly, a tiny uh, sped-up flagman, a signal, signal man waving his semaphore flags, but he's, the film is sped up like a Benny Hill situation. Yeah, there was, a, there was like a, a note of yakety sacks. <laughs> they give you the impression of how fast the action was happening, even though they were just taking it real easy on set. Yeah, this, this, uh, I guess, um, road assistance worker, I don't know, he's from Progressive Auto Insurance. He jumps out with flow and is just like, no, stop, slow down. Knight Rider looks up too late to see a bunch of. Uh, spilled and toppled over uh, red barrels from the Doom video game. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, there's only one thing those things are good for. (laughs) 
His car strikes yon barrels and detonates. No survivors. (laughs) Well, one survivors. Max. Oh, Oh my God. Mad Max pulls over to the side of the road, puts on his hazards, walks over to Knight Rider, looks at the charred corpse of Knight Rider and his woman in the wreckage, clutching each other like two people in the deadly blast of Pompeii. He notices a tiny spark coming from the cheek of the Knight Rider's corpse, and he unhinges a tiny door. Inside of the Knight Rider's head was the Knight Rider, a tiny alien entity that was controlling him all along. (laughs) You cannot know of our existence. Operation Abort, says the Knight Rider, and it drinks a tiny capsule of cyanide. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Mad Max nods knowingly. This is title his... card. <laughs> Mad Max. Normal road. Da-da. Fade wipe to the sweet bungalow of Max and Jenny Rakatumboom. <laughs> it is a awesome house, in my opinion. Like on the coast. Oh yeah, beachfront. Yeah, uh, Max and is it Jenny or Jesse? I've written it down both ways. <laughs> I, we're gonna go with Jenny. I think All it's right. Jenny. But I, Ma- that way, I can reserve the right to make a Tommy Two Tone joke later. Excellent. My audience loves Tommy Two Tone <laughs> jokes. Um, <clears throat> Max and his I don't know three year old. Son, two-year-old son. Yeah, we'll say one and a half, two-year-old, somewhere in that area. Old enough to know better, but young enough to not care. <laughs> what up, Lonely Island friends? <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, Max and his little son, Sprog, a little nod to the post-apocalyptic world they're living in, <clears throat> are sitting at the dinner table, just chilling and enjoying sweet saxophone music. <laughs> <laughs> that Jenny, Max's wife, Sprog's mother, is serenading them with. She's just rocking out some sweet sax solo and, like, slow jamming it. I do not understand. I mean, I, good for her that she has a I, hobby. I think it's to bow. I think that she is, like, the uh, creative, insightful yin to his impetuous young. I think that's... <laughs> Do you think maybe just the actress knew how to play the saxophone and they're like, use it. What the fuck do we do to fill up some time? You, you know, we blew our budget on that exploding vehicle. And they, they also, in this time, in this scene, there, there was some confusion about how much danger to put the child in. <laughs> because most of the time, kids just hanging out, playing with kid toys. For one brief cut, he is clearly handling a firearm, and then they just move on. That's it. And it's and, and then, like, there's all subsequent shots. This kid's just playing with toys. Yeah, I thought that was a nod to the post-apocalypse-ness of it. Like, in the future, we name our kids dumb shit, and they play with guns. 
in the future, if you know how to play the sax, you better play the sax because there's nobody else that can do it. I wish that um, that was a thing in the Mad Max universe that all good-hearted women played the sax. <laughs> it was the virtuous instrument. <laughs> And, like, men seek out their partners by, like, wandering the arid canyons and listening for the faint <laughs> of a saxophone in the air. Oh. If he is worthy, he will make it to the top of Sax Canyon. Yeah, the the Fury Road mentioned, like, Bullet Town, but never mentioned, like, the, the reed makers <laughs> that are also kept kept safe. That's right. In ancient art. Speaking of ancient, ew, the ancient act of cuddling is happening. <laughs> it they is don't later. care who they hurt. <laughs> it is later at night, and Jenny from the block and Max are just cuddling and watching the news, which still exists, not very apocalyptic, as the news reporter gives us the lowdown. Uh, hello. Welcome once again to... Uh post-apocalyptic Australian news. Uh, bit of a dust-up on the road. If you were trying to make it from point A to point B, you probably noticed a number of charred bodies, one destroyed minivan, one uh, car and camper trailer, and one completely evaporated uh, fuel truck, plus that guy with the flags. So sorry about him. Uh <laughs> And one completely badass hero who is not only semi-responsible for these events, but also was there to uh, witness the death of the Knight Rider. So, cheers, mate. A giant headshot of Mel Gibson fills the screen. And on, on the bottom of it flashes, if you are a criminal and want to retaliate, please do not assault this man, Max Rakitinsky. Here's where he works and his home address. Oh, bollocks. Wait. Dinky blingo. <laughs> Smash cut. Meanwhile, at the halls of justice. Dun, 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 dun. Wait, that's Terminator. I just wanted dun, to do dun. that Justice what's, League what's... the whole time. <laughs> I don't I don't know the Justice League uh theme. Is there even one? Oh, I sure there is, but I don't off the top of my head. All I remember is like the 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 transition sound. Yeah. Meanwhile. <laughs> and then the swing swing, the stars yes. coming out. Yeah. That's what that's all I've got. The minute um, I saw that Halls of Justice, I was like, ooh. <laughs> Absolutely. Good. One thing that lets you know that uh, these cops are kind of ragtag, kind of rowdy, kind of shooting from the hip is that the Hall of Justice, which has the Arkham Asylum gates, yeah. um, the U in the word justice has fallen from its position of prominence and it's just hanging down askew like a dirty sea. <laughs> Unfortunately, the, the facilities department of the police force is downsized, and so now they're all, like, uh, gasoline-huffing gang members or something. Yeah. <laughs> Natural the, career progression. The interior of the Hall of Justice is a Romanian block of flats from, like, 1974. It is, it is just stark, and everything's broken. There are, there are rats feasting on a corpse in the corner. There's mm -hmm. a copier is just on fire, and no one seems to mind. And one that's... of the cops 
is leafing through a, a pamphlet enticing him to vacation in Gary, Indiana, and he's like, this looks like a nice place. That's how bad it is. Oh, sick burn to the Garyans. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> um, yeah, cops are just making the best of a bad situation. <clears throat> One of them is uh, squatting against a wall with his knees out so the other can sit on his knees. So one of them at least has a chair for a few minutes and then they switch. What what they what they lack in funding, they make up for in camaraderie and brotherly affection mm-hmm. and car parts. And speaking at this of, point, yeah, speaking of, of car parts, these guys, uh, they've got something to show Max that they think's really going to rev his throttle, wink, wink. Yeah, um, Max Rakitinsky uh, is ushered down a little ramp by the, the goose, the motorcycle cop. Poor Goose, his leg is all bandaged up, and but you know what? He's soldiering on, hobbling around, so that we know he's really injured, and he's probably not going to be the protagonist of this piece. <laughs> yeah, dis- despite as much screen time as he's getting, which is almost as much as Max. Yeah, he's 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 got a a cast on ankle to groin, <laughs> which don't worry, they found that inconvenient. It's that's the only time you're going to have to worry about that much cast. <laughs> He was supposed to be in traction, but he just couldn't stay away from this big, big announcement. <laughs> Come on, Max. Uh, we got a big, big announcement. Um, old Greasy Joe, the <laughs> s- special mechanic for the main force patrol, has something he wants to show ye. Every main patrol, every main patrol office has what they call the uh, the gear spaz, and old <laughs> Greasy Joe is the spaziest one they've got. Yep. So. Max, you know, Max is cool as a cucumber, an Australian cucumber, which is uh, pretty hot and big, actually. (laughs) And venomous. Uh, Yeah, Max humors old Goose and follows him down, down to Goblin Town, into the catacombs of the Halls of Justice, uh, where he sees a lot of lame banana boat cop cars. Uh, And what's this? A unique car? which is covered in a tarpaulin. Uh, Greasy Joe uh, slithers out from underneath the vehicle and uh, whips the tarp off. Gentlemen, uh, uh, if I could present you with this thing I've been working on, I think you're going to be real happy about it. That's right, Max. Uh, Old Greasy Joe, he's been working on a real chippery chew here for you. See this? It's a V8. That's two more V's than anyone else has got, eh? Eh? Well, that's well, that's certainly true, says Max, after I killed the last V8, which was piloted by Knight Rider, who was actually a space alien, but I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> well, uh, you're going to feel like a space alien <laughs> when you're driving this, the legendary last of the V8s, the black special pursuit vehicle. <laughs> Greasy Joe begins to tongue the open engine. <laughs> uh, tastes fast. Goose notices that Greasy Joe is, is has cut off his like onesie mechanic suit, so he's not wearing any pants at all. It just appeared he was for a moment. <laughs> I gotta become one with the vehicle, and then it, she's all yours. Uh, but first, uh, I'm gonna need you guys <laughs> to, to give me like five minutes. <laughs> 
I'll stay and watch. You know, <laughs> Joe doesn't care. He's here for the cards. <laughs> uh, all right, Joe. Uh, I think I have a cop meeting. <laughs> I'll be down in I, a little, little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll go Joe, 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 Joe riding later. Joe, we'll have fun with that car. Not your fun. Our kind of driving fun. I got to go. Oh, no, I got HPV. <laughs> the second case of HPV in Australia. <laughs> oh, my God. What's going to happen to the populace? <laughs> he caught it from the engine. <laughs> Don't fuck cars, says HPV Panda. <laughs> the last Australian panda. Oh, what a sad apocalyptic world they live in. Hi, I'm Max Rokotansky. Usually in my line of work, HPV is a high-pursuit vehicle. But there's another <laughs> HPV that you need to worry about. You know who doesn't need to worry about HPV? <laughs> Captain Fifi McAfee. <laughs> Honestly, this is my favorite character in the whole movie. A hundred percent agree. Captain Fifi McAfee is a big, towering beefcake of a man. He is the captain in charge of the cops, keeps him in line, bald as the day he was born, big walrus-like mustache. The mustache like... has its own rank in the force. <laughs> He's built like a brick shithouse. He should be like, I don't know, wearing a ridiculous khaki uniform fighting in the Boer Wars or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, he should be wearing jodhpurs. Yes, but he isn't. He's wearing fucking biker leathers, which I kind of feel like the director was like, yes, him. We want him for this one. <laughs> More leather. Now, if we're going to call him Fifi, we can't just let it ride. So make sure he's wearing a long black neck scarf. That's right. He, it's never, his sexuality is never mentioned, mm -mm. but um, it's it's an interesting paradox. He's such... Uh, an alpha man, so manly, which might just be a consequence of being Australian. <laughs> yeah, that's. But his name is Fifi, and you know we'll we'll get into his idiosyncrasies in a bit. But first, uh, he's got to really have a serious conversation with Police Commissioner Labatouche. <laughs> and Labatouche is not happy. All right, Labatouche. What is it that your your ass is in a twist about today, eh? A fifi. It is requisitions for fancy, fancy car parts. We can afford to do this all day, every day. You'll get one fancy car, and then he's eat a fifi. Uh, <laughs> Captain Lavatouche's wooden hand falls off. Oh, excuse me. Hey, pardon. <laughs> <laughs> um, Captain Fifi banes over to Labatouche and puts a huge meaty hand the size of a face hugger on Labatouche's tiny uh, sweating shoulder. His, his curled hunched frame just gives like a sponge under his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, boy. Uh, people nowadays don't believe in heroes anymore and we're going to give them back to heroes. We got one cop we cannot dispense with. His name is Max Rakatansky, and he's thinking of quitting the force. And so we got to give him a little bit of honey to to keep that bee buzzing. You know what I mean, eh? 
you ever you ever given given a, a man who can do what he needs just a just a taste of candy there labad labadoosh <laughs> Hey, you call me bosses me, Officer Labadouche, <laughs> says the station stenographer. Uh, so yeah, Labatouche just just fully squonks out, just just dissolves into a pile of of sweat and tears, and <laughs> slinks slinks down the stairs and is gone. Yeah, weirdly enough. He's carrying like a kendo fencing mask and a wooden uh, sword. Yeah, that I thought that would come back up, and then I forgot about it. Thank you for reminding me, and now I'm mad. Now, um, here's a little peep behind the painted veil of reality that is Muth Movies. Um, in order to write the tiny notes, I had to go on the Mad Max Wikia to learn the names of these very, very forgettable characters. <laughs> And apparently, they gave Labatouche uh, fencing gear because they wanted to create the impression that in this savage world that they created, um, he fencing is his hobby to protect him against the roving gangs of freaks and psychopaths that everyone has to deal with all the time. But that was like, that was a kendo helmet? Yeah. And then he had like a billy club. <laughs> like Yeah. It's called the Australian Katana. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I'd like to see a whole spin-off anime about Lavatouche. Yeah, so Fifi, <clears throat> Captain Fifi, sorry, um, breathes in. Respect the badge. Breathes in a huge, proud lung full of air through his gigantic horse nostrils, the air being even better filtered by the baleen of his... Pendulous whiskers. <laughs> yeah. Captain Fifi uh, proudly gives himself a swift pat on the ass for retaining his number one cop, uh, Max, who is not mad. Just regular Max right now. It's just, he's just Max. Crime scene. Here it comes. Smash cut <laughs> with your bum. <laughs> Crime scene. Night. Uh, it is a dark and stormy night. And Australian bodies are littering the road. The, road. <laughs> the only place where this kind of thing happens. <clears throat> a man with half a brain, uh, just like his head resting on the driver's side window, uh, mutters uh, sweet whispers of madness into the sky as the last of his lifeblood drains from his beshattered face. Oh, I thought I had HPV for a minute there. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much of a going concern at this point. <laughs> the angel of death carries the criminal away. <clears throat> Max drives up and spots his best friend in the whole world, Captain Fifi. Max, me boy, oh boy, come over here so that I can give you a jovial one-arm hug. Uh, uh, thank you for the hug, Captain. Uh, what is it that you called me out of bed? <laughs> <laughs> so late. Well, spot of bad news here. Uh, I mean, not all the carnage. All these dead people, perfectly fine. Just the cost of doing business. However, looks like from a tiny piece of burnt skin we carved off this one's chest, your name's on a list. A list of people that they would like to murder mostly to death. Oh, no. The biker gang, which... 
I'm not sure if it has a name. I'm going to say they're scoot jockeys in this scene, but they <laughs> like, might also... They, they're also sometimes nomads, yeah, but they, they could, could be, be called... scoot jockey, comma, and nomads. It could be the nomad bikers, could be <laughs> toe cutters gang. <laughs> you know, you'd think if you're a gang, the first thing you want to do is make sure everybody knows your name. <laughs> It's it's a branding thing. How do you establish territory? People, oh, we're the, you know, this bar is for that gang. You know, the one, it's all the people, they got some scooters, the toe, toe cut. Maybe since it's obviously the beginning of the apocalypse, maybe there's no gangs in Australia prior to this uh, situation. And so anybody who's doing criminal activities is the gang and then eventually as things get dicier and resources get slimmer there's you know uh warlord territory mm-hmm. battles and they start to be like we're the skull bleeders and we're the rat fuckers and all that stuff. i think that they are establishing an ethic of driving quickly screaming nonsense and exploding that is carried very faithfully through the film series these 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 gangs really set the behavioral standard upon which you know, like these guys walked so that the war boys could ride shiny and chrome. I get, yeah, you're right. I guess in a way, Knight Rider was a legend. <laughs> yeah. People modeled themselves after him. If if he had a can of silver spray paint, I don't have a doubt in my mind. He'd be he eating it. He'd be eating the shit out of it. Hey, pop up fact. <laughs> the, the war boy from the Tom Hardy Mad Max Fury Road, um, who like hangs out with our heroes in that movie for a while and has all the lines, he is played by the same actor who is the boy in the Hugh Grant comedy about a boy. That little boy grows up to be a war boy and also Beast the X-Man. Oh, yeah. I do class. recognize him from Beast. From Beast. An X-Men story. That's the way I <laughs> that's the way I tell it in my mind. I'd pay money to see Beast and X-Men story. I did I did learn that uh Toe Cutter, mm-hmm. that actor, was the guy who played a Morton Joe. Same actor. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, that makes me happy. I don't know why that makes me happy. I think it's because I assume everyone but Mel Gibson in this film just like their acting careers went nowhere. <laughs> I, I tried to look up a few people on IMDb, and it was literally this movie, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. So Max um, shrugs his shoulders. He yeah. don't give a shit. He's like, I've got a young wife and a child in a home that has a lot of big windows and is made out of very flammable timber on the edge of a cliff, and yet I don't care if these psychopaths come. I'm Max. What could yeah. touch me? I'm 19 years old. There's one thing you should know about me is I'm unflappable. I stay cool in every situation. You can try to get me angry. It won't work because I'm Max. That Max just is super, Max. Super cool, never mad. <laughs> uh, I'd like to just uh, remind everyone, self-included, that perhaps to the Australians, mad was meant crazy. Yeah, because there, there, there is like a... Uh, in my mind, I always call it the Tinkerbell moment where a person says the title of the film. Yeah, the titular moment. <laughs> yes, the titular moment. Maybe that's why I called it the Tinkerbell moment, because I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> you remember what Tinkerbell <laughs> stops what she's doing, looks point blank down the barrel of the camera and says, 
Peter Pan. <laughs> Are we returning to Neverland? <laughs> oh, fuck. It's titular in my dipshit brain. Made it into Tinkerbell. <laughs>